0: Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm your host, Melissa Harris. It's been about two years since COVID-19 began rising as a global medical crisis. Within the United States, the National Institutes of Health has played a significant role in guiding us through COVID-19. It's informed us about the virus's science, how we can use that science to drive the public health response and more throughout the pandemic. Behind all of the science and research that NIH conducts for COVID-19 and the many, many other medical conditions and diseases the Institute study, there's an organization providing enterprise-wide technological support. That group is NIH's Center for Information Technology, or CIT. CIT conducts a variety of activities, from assembling NIH's IT infrastructure to figuring out how to make data more usable for the Institute's research. Today, we have CIT's Deputy Director Stacy Album to discuss the importance of the center's work supporting NIH in both its everyday research and COVID-19. Okay, Stacy, thank you so much for joining us on Healthcast today. Hi, Melissa.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and this is a wonderful opportunity to share all the important work we're doing at NIH's Center for IT.
0: Definitely. So, you know, you've been on a few of our shows and have joined us in various engagements across government, CIO, media, and research, but this is the first time you're joining us on HealthCast. So can you just start by running through some of your top priorities at CIT and how some of those priorities may have changed or have been affected by COVID-19? Sure. First, I think it's really
1: important to understand and just take a moment to explain the role that CIT plays at NIH. I'm sure for those of you that are out there listening to these health casts, you've probably come to know that NIH is comprised of 27 institutes and centers, and one of those is CIT. And while most NIH institutes and centers have a specific research agenda, such as conducting or supporting research on cancer or aging, you know, the role CIT plays in the enterprise is a little bit different. It is enterprise wide and our mission is to provide the NIH community with enterprise IT infrastructure services and support. And um, NIH has such a critical mission to improve human health and save lives. And the services that CIT provides are critical to achieving that mission. And we've got a 44,000 person workforce and our capabilities support all of them. This includes our enterprise high-speed research network that supports NIH big data needs and connects over 100 facilities nationwide, as well as our suite of communication and collaboration capabilities that connect our people. And um, those have always been important given the collaborative nature of NIH's mission, but have been especially important during this pandemic. So, given the criticality of these services, our top priority at CIT has always been to ensure highly available, reliable, and secure IT for the enterprise, and that has not changed through this pandemic. In fact, the critical role that technology plays has ballooned into ensuring continuity of NIH's mission and operations and the health and safety of our people as NIH quickly shifted to maximum telework and 100% virtual meetings. What I would say has changed amidst all of this is the world around us. For example, we're not going back to a pre-pandemic workplace. And in light of that, we're strategically reassessing our priorities and plans you know, with an eye toward the future and new ways of working. So I'll just sort of run down those priorities um, here for you. First, we are looking to modernize and expand our core capabilities to meet the evolving scientific and administrative needs of NIH. And we have multiple strategic assessments underway now that will inform our plans um, for our next round of next generation initiatives. We're supporting NIH's vision for the future of work, understanding technology will continue to be a force that brings people together, especially as most organizations across government and industry shift to some form of hybrid environment. We're remaining vigilant in the cybersecurity space. You know, uh, during this pandemic, we've unfortunately seen a pattern of cyber criminals adapting their tactics to exploit the circumstances of this public health crisis and um, you know bad actors are always probing and scanning our systems looking for a vulnerability to exploit and in response to this we've heightened our IT and cybersecurity operations and monitoring but you know overall we've really embraced cyber as part of our risk management portfolio and are continuing to make investments to improve our posture. There's a whole people and culture element of our priorities with the overarching goal of fostering a high-performing and inclusive workplace environment that values people as its greatest asset. And so this includes things like strategic IT workforce initiatives to recruit and retain diverse top talent, succession planning, ensuring our workforce has the necessary knowledge and skills uh, for today as well as the future, and upholding and operationalizing our core values in our daily work. And last but not least, I would say uh, we always keep in mind that we are stewards of taxpayer dollars and are continuously striving to be more effective and efficient in all that we do.
0: Wow. I mean, it sounds like you have a ton on your plate, but it's all equally important. And it's fascinating to see that enterprise-wide engagement. So, you know, you sort of touched upon the new challenges that COVID-19 brought. So can you touch upon how you're both supporting the everyday activities at NIH while this accelerated and newfound challenge of COVID-19 is coming here?
1: Yes, CIT has played a big role during this pandemic. And obviously, it's been very, a very important time to work at NIH as we have played, you know, a leading role in responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. So, the research that NIH performs, has an enormous impact on the health, wellness, and safety of people all around the world. And that's certainly important for the pandemic, but also for the many other diseases and conditions that NIH is addressing. And you know, as I mentioned in the the overview of our priorities, the role technology plays in enabling all of this is critical and evident, probably now more than ever. And one of the things that in, in CIT that we took very seriously was that our agency needed to be focused on the COVID-19 response and not burdened with you know technology challenges or learning curves as the agency shifted to maximum telework. And this was really important for NIH because pre-pandemic, most of our meetings were face-to-face. I mean, that was a big part of our our workplace culture. And uh, we were very fortunate that our transition to telework was very smooth. And that was really due to strategic capital investments that NIH had been making over several years in core IT capabilities. You know, things like our network and uh, our identity and access management capabilities. It allowed us to really leverage those you know longstanding strategic investments and swiftly shift to a fully virtual environment and allowed the NIH staff to focus on what they needed to do to not only respond to the pandemic, but to continue all of our research agenda and activities. One thing I will say is, you know, while technology was key to that, probably the biggest success factor in all of this was our talented and dedicated workforce. You know, specifically here at CIT, we are supporting the agency personnel that are bringing together the best in science, medicine, public health to address global challenges. But I've been equally impressed with our IT workforce and how they've brought their best and, and really risen to do extraordinary things during this pandemic. And The key was, you know, obviously having the right technologies, having the right people, but then speed, creativity, and teamwork were of the essence as we, you know, really came together to do whatever we needed to do to support the agency during this pandemic.
0: I definitely like how you highlighted the workforce aspect because oftentimes we talk to these leaders and it's great to hear about these projects, but It's really a whole of team effort to get these things across the finish line. And I wanted to also, you know, keep talking about the data aspect that you brought up um, at the beginning of the episode. I know that NIH is, like many agencies, trying to leverage data more effectively and start standardizing and preparing it in a way so it could be. More usable, um, ready for automation or improved technologies to help mission. So, what is CIT's role in this, and how do you see data becoming a stronger asset for NIH?
1: Yeah, there's no question that storing, managing, standardizing, and publishing the vast vast amounts of data produced by medical research is is critical, and that was certainly important during COVID too because when data exists in a wide variety of formats, it complicates the ability of researchers to find and use biomedical research data generated by others. And we've seen that the amount of data generated continues to outpace the ability to process, store, and analyze in many local environments. And so NIH has many efforts underway to implement its strategic plan for data science, which provides a roadmap um, for really modernizing um, the NIH-funded biomedical data science ecosystem. And uh, the kind of biggest role that CIT plays in that is with our STRIDES initiative. Uh, STRIDES stands for Science and Technology Research Infrastructure for Discovery, Experimentation, and Sustainability, and obviously Strides, for short, is a much easier thing to say, and what it does is it's it's an initiative that reduces the economic and process barriers to utilizing commercial cloud services to manage our data. And so, uh, through the strides initiatives, we've established partnerships with Google Cloud. Amazon Web Services, and most recently Microsoft that enable access to rich data sets and advanced computational infrastructure tools and services. And to your point, a central tenet of the Strides Initiative is that data made available through these partnerships will incorporate standards endorsed by the biomedical research community to make that data findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable. And so it's it's through these cloud platforms that we are facilitating access for researchers to compute and storage capabilities and really enabling them to harness the power of cloud computing to accelerate biomedical discovery. And the benefits include not only, you know, deep discounts and favorable pricing, But access to technical support and training, which are often very critical factors in the success of, you know, using these capabilities.
0: That's a really good point. Between these initiatives, especially like the education aspect is really important to teach people how to how to really leverage the resources that you're building up. And, you know, we've talked a lot in this conversation about covid two. too. And you know how it's definitely highlighted the importance of technology between collaboration tools and getting to everyone to telework and just generally to remain flexible and agile. So, um, can you sort of explain how this moment of reliance on technology to navigate COVID-19 is going to sort of inform you know your work moving forward um, out of this pandemic?
1: Yes. Well, you you heard me mention that. When NIH had to shift during the COVID-19 pandemic, that, you know, speed and creativity and teamwork were of the essence. So flexibility and agility are, are certainly keys to our success through this difficult time. And, and as I mentioned, having the technology and tools in place to begin with were key as well. You know, here at at NIH and at CIT, we've been on this journey for some time now, really, you know, probably over the last five to 10 years to modernize and expand our IT infrastructure. And that has really paid off, not only pre-pandemic, but certainly during the pandemic. And, you know, we always talked about how critical these capabilities are to supporting our mission and reaping the benefit of these investments, which have certainly been strategic and worthwhile. But again, that's become evident now more than ever during this pandemic. And I certainly appreciate that you appreciate the people factor, too, because I I certainly am pleased that our agency had the tools in place, but also... Our, our workforce, our broader workforce, not just our it uh, workforce, having taking the initiative and having the ability to embrace them and and really know how to use them and make the most of them and the, the pandemic certainly forced a lot of that, but but you know we we definitely succeeded in in that effort. So I, again, I just want to recognize that Our entire work, 44,000 person workforce made all the difference in in our success of taking advantage of these technologies. Our remote, our network remote access and and virtual meeting services um, were really at the center of NIH's reliance on technology during the COVID 19 pandemic. I think that was the case for many agencies. And they scaled and held up without any major issues. But in addition to those core infrastructure capabilities, COVID created significant increased pressures on CIT in many ways and increased NIH's reliance on technology in many areas. So, for example, there was increased demand for use of our high-performance computing environment, including our supercomputer BioWolf and our cloud computational resources, you know, such as what are available through Strides to support COVID research. There were requirements for new identity and access management capabilities to enable direct secure access to IT resources as most were working from home through this pandemic. And there were things that we intentionally wanted to prevent people from having to physically come to our campus to do things that they had to come in person for before and enabled them to do them remotely or virtually. And that made all the difference in protecting the safety and well-being of our people. And then there were just um, changes to our enterprise systems to accommodate new reporting requirements, to give staff access to information about kind of where they fell and our different frameworks that we were following during the pandemic, whether it was, you know, uh, getting vaccinated or returning to work, and, and then just an overall surge in IT support needs. So the, the bulk of that was really kind of in the first year, and then we really kind of stabilized And, you know, kind of became our new normal way of working. And, and IT was right at the center of it.
0: Right. And um, you've also been um, with this, throughout this conversation, the people aspect has been really big, not just the IT workforce, but, you know, the whole workforce. And you mentioned too how NIH CIT is also trying to, um, you know, really foster great workforce development and With the recent strides that um, NIH has been doing to emphasize accessibility, diversity, equity, inclusion, how is CIT contributing to this priority?
1: Yeah, well, first, I'm just very um, pleased and proud to work at an agency that is so focused on these matters. And CIT is actively participating in them in what's called the NIH Unite Initiative, which was established to identify and address structural racism within the NIH-supported and greater scientific community. And we were also leading um, kind of local efforts of our own within CIT that align with and support the NIH-wide efforts. I talked in the beginning about one of our priorities is to uphold and operationalize our core values. And diversity, equity, and inclusion our CIT core values, and these core values in particular underpin the beliefs and behaviors we expect from our people, which ultimately forms our organizational culture. So for many years now, we've been approaching all of our people and culture efforts, including DEI as a journey and not a destination. Our uh, CIT senior leadership team has been vocal and vigilant in our commitment to creating and maintaining a work environment that is free of harassment and other inappropriate conduct. We have dedicated time, attention, and resources to these matters through special programs, as well as just you know working to embed them in our daily work and interactions. One program that i'm I'm really proud of that we uh, designed and in-house is called Share, which stands for safe, healthy, and Respectful Work Environment. And the whole intent of the share program is to promote a culture of trust, honesty, respect, and openness at all levels in our organization. and it's a it's a curriculum. With a series of five interactive workshops that are led and facilitated by representatives from various NIH offices, including NIH civil program, the Office of the Ombudsman, and the Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. And so we've been having all of our staff go through this curriculum in cohorts with colleagues from their work unit, including their supervisor. And learning about and having conversations, you know, critical conversations on a range of topics from workplace civility to interpersonal communications to what does equity, diversity, and inclusion look like at NIH. And it's really been a resounding success, and we've gotten such positive feedback from our staff about it. More recently, I think it was a little over a year ago, we also established a formal CIT DEI working group and um, have been working, you know, very diligently to develop a DEI roadmap, an action plan. And we've completed the first phase of that, which was very focused on listening and inventory, and conducted, you know, dozens of listening sessions with hundreds of our staff. And um, you know, got really great input that we've organized into some themes that are going to inform and drive our people and culture priorities and action plans going forward.
0: That's really fantastic hearing about the greater NIH initiatives to address this, as well as the own strategy that you're implementing. The phases are really fascinating to you because that really allows us to sort of walk in step. And speaking of that sort of overlapping or overarching work, you mentioned that CIT is sort of an enterprise-wide office. It collaborates with all of the different institutes across NIH. So can you go into what that relationship is like? How are you coordinating with the other institutes and various stakeholders to strategize technological change?
1: I'm really glad you brought that up, that kind of the enterprise nature of our role and the overlap with other NIH institutes and centers when it comes to technology challenges and needs, because it's important to understand that with 27 institutes and centers, NIH operates as a federated but functionally integrated environment. And and how does that operating Model really work. So, you know, again, at CIT we provide the enterprise-wide IT infrastructure and services, while other institutes and centers provide IT solutions and support that are specific to their missions and and their kind of local needs of their people. And I really come to appreciate this about NIH. And one of the things that you know myself as well as uh, my my director at CIT have been um, really um, adamant about is making sure that we are focusing what CIT does on core capabilities that benefit the entire enterprise, and 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 having them complement technology being delivered at specific institutes, and centers and really working on all of that together in partnership. So partnership and collaboration are key to achieving CIT's mission, given the way that NIH is organized and operates. Another thing I've really come to appreciate about working at NIH is the collaborative nature of our mission and how we come together as a community to solve problems. So, we have a number of forums and communities of practice for NIH stakeholders, including in IT, and um, have these to discuss and strategize on IT opportunities and challenges. Another one of CIT's strategic objectives is to increase awareness and adoption of our services through strategic communications and change management. And we are leveraging these existing forums and communities of practice to do that. And a a great example of where we've done that in recent years is with the Optimize NIH IT Security Initiative that I co-led with a senior representative from one of the research institutes. You know, cybersecurity is ever-present and becoming increasingly important and we decided to come together as a community and work to embed cybersecurity into the everyday culture at NIH. And so how did we do this? We did things like we created um, standards, we created a network of uh, cyber champions across NIH. We launched a year long campaign that was very focused on shifting the agency away from a mentality of you know, security compliance to one of cyber safe behaviors that protect our people and our science. And again, the way we did it was through partnership and collaboration. We had a task force of over hundred people representing all the NIH institutes and centers that came together and do this. So as we move forward with our priorities and our plans, we are looking at models like that to work with the institutes and centers
0: as we execute them. That's fantastic. And even though you're making um, all of these great strides to tackle cybersecurity, um, modernization, collaboration, just building a great culture around technology, What are some of the biggest challenges you faced and what processes and technologies do you see being central to overcoming some of those obstacles?
1: Well, to your point, um, while I think we're doing a lot of great things, delivering on all of these capabilities at the scale, pace, and complexity required for a large federated agency uh, is not easy. (laughs) And so I would say that one way to look at Our biggest challenges is that they really mirror our priorities. So, you know, I talked about the need to modernize and expand our services. How do we do that while keeping up with NIH's ever-evolving needs? How do we stay current with our technologies when that uh, landscape and market is always evolving? And how do we do this in a technology and, and security landscape and environment that is very dynamic and certainly not uniform. So those are those are the kind of obstacles we face in doing what we do in, in the environment that we're in. And I think the things that can help us, you know, kind of rise up to and overcome those challenges is, is frankly the classic combination of people, process, and technology. You know, when it comes to people, the most important factor is to truly understand the business and form strategic partnerships with offices and programs across NIH. You know, if we don't really understand what we're supporting, we're not going to be effective in delivering our, our solutions and enabling the mission. I've mentioned workforce a lot. That's another people factor here. And uh, I, I truly believe that our people are our greatest asset. And this is why CIT has a whole pillar focused solely on people and culture and our strategic goals and objectives. You know, when it comes to processes and technology, we need to simplify our technology and security architectures. Uh, This is necessary to increase our agility and ability to embrace more cloud and commercial capabilities. You know, we're certainly looking to move as many systems and services and supporting infrastructure to more agile cloud-based operating models and, and environments. But, you know, there's a lot that needs to be looked at in order to make that kind of shift where we can take advantage of the flexibility that those environments offer for scaling up or scaling down as requirements change and to, you know, minimize our capital investments in them. I would also say that innovation and automation are key. The demands for IT are only increasing while talent is scarce and the talented people we have need to be focused on high value work. So any service models, platforms, processes, and technologies uh, that can help us be more effective and efficient are always welcome.
0: That's a perfect transition uh, toward the end of our conversation, which is really future-looking. Even though you sort of went into that just now in your answer, what technologies do you see being some of the most important to NIH in the future? Well, I have to admit
1: that I'm not one to chase a new technology. Um, You know, anytime that someone comes to me with, I've got a tool or a a technology, you know, the first question I ask is, well, you know, what problem are we really trying to solve here? And while technology can play a role in that, you know, what else is needed? So I I rather, I, I think about this kind of question in the context of what potential does some advanced use of technology have given the environment we're operating in? And this kind of ties back to some of the challenges that I just mentioned. So for example, if we are operating in an environment in which we need the IT demands are increasing, you know, Budgets are are fairly constant and constrained, and we need to, you know, be be and talent is scarce. We need to be uh, if, as efficient as possible in what we do. Well, then we would be aiming for technologies that can automate some of our processes. You know, those very, you know, labor intensive or or manual things that are what I consider would to be kind of you know, lower value work that are consuming our high value people. So definitely technologies, I think that whole space with robotics and artificial intelligence and machine learning will just continue to expand and explode. Also, again, I, I see the world uh, around us as changing. Most organizations, according to the research, are going to shift to some form of hybrid environment, and um, we're living in a world with the internet of things. And so what technologies are going to help us in, in that kind of a new world that is still unfolding you know, the other thing is pre-pandemic, we mostly had people in person on site. And during the pandemic, it's been most people working from home. And so uh, where most, you know, our perimeter was, you know, like our, our network perimeter and even our physical perimeter were fairly contained. Uh, people are the new perimeter and they're gonna be everywhere. Um, they're everywhere now. And so while there was a focus in the past on how to support a mobile workforce, I think the focus now is really, is is truly, you know, kind of work anywhere, anytime with asynchronous and synchronous work. And how can we use technology to support those new ways of working that, you know, go far beyond, you know, tools to hold virtual meetings. So those are the kinds of things that come to mind for me as being the most important, where I think technology can play a key role, but the key is to look at them in the context of the environment we're operating in.
0: Certainly, and that makes perfect sense. You know, the technology fuels the mission. As we part here, is there anything else that um, you'd like to add or that you you know, wanna give to the audience? No, just thank you for
1: having me. And uh, these were great questions and I really appreciated the opportunity to, you know give give a holistic overview of what we're all about here at CIT, which as you've noted, goes way beyond technology. Thank you, Melissa.
0: Perfect, thank you so much, Stacy. HealthCast is a
1: production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris and Adam Patterson. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for
0: listening.